everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Pressure Point podcast. Uh, potentially my favourite episode so far, coming off the weekend that was in footy. How good was it? Oh, I'll tell you what, apart from the two early games on Sunday, it was an unreal round of football, and you would be bouncing right now. Oh, mate, it's uh, just over 12 hours since the Blues dominated the Dogs and arguably their best performance in a few years. So it was, it was great, still buzzing from it. It was um, very impressive. Very good to see. And we're in the eight for the first time in seven years. Some unfamiliar territory for it's you. Ridiculous. It's good. It's good to see. It's uh yeah, it looks like the blues have finally turned the corner, which is which is good. Definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Unlike uh yeah, unlike, yeah. unlike some. Yeah, <laughs> unlike some. But yeah, like as as you just mentioned with the um it was a good round of footy apart from those two Sunday games, including the game the Richmond game that you yeah. uh, had a close eye on. Awful game of football to yeah. watch. That was disgusting. It was, look, I'm, obviously it's good to get a win from a Tigers perspective, but it was just a bad game of football. It was. I mean, like, the first quarter looked good. Um, like Richmond kicked three quick goals, and you know, it looked like the, the Tigers are back here. They're, they're playing some good footy. Yeah, and, I thought, here we go. Yeah. Here we go, we're on. And then, I don't know. It, it was, was wet. A bit, a bit of wet weather footy, which normally we're pretty good in, though, I would have thought. So it was un- unfortunate to see us not handle that too well. And then, I don't know, some talk about Sydney's game style, et cetera, et cetera. But a touch more on that. A bit later, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the Richmond game a bit later, but yeah, um, but yeah, it was a good round of footy. There were some really good games, um, yeah, and a lot, a lot of close games too, which was which was good to see. Um, it was just yeah, just a shame with those couple of games on the Sunday, but we'll, we'll get into the games a bit later. A big talking point though from the weekend has been the head high bumps. It's uh, there's been five of them over the weekend, so it's it's been a little bit concerning for the AFL. Oh, definitely, and I think the just the inconsistencies with the the ruling and then the um you know match review panel and all that it's it's unbelievable. I don't understand how one player can get two weeks and another player with an almost identical incident gets nothing or a fine. Uh, do, do you agree or do you think they're all sort of you know evenly evenly? Fair? I think it's all outcome based. Honestly, it honestly is. Um, I think the reason why Ben Long's one has been sent straight to the tribunal is because Sean Darcy was knocked out and didn't play the rest of the game. Um, and then you look at, you know, Shield gets an automatic two weeks, mainly because his player, I think he's pl- the player that he got, he ended up playing out the game. But I think if, you know, he was completely concussed, then Shield probably would have gone straight to the tribunal. Um, then you look at Gary Rowan, only got a fine. Right. Just as bad as the other ones. Oh, ridiculous. He yeah. cleaned him up. Yeah, so it's... It's all outcome based for me, and I I don't think that's good enough. Um, I think David King said I think last night that it should be an automatic four weeks for anyone that elects to hit someone in the head or just go off the footy like that. Well, they're trying to take it out of the game. If yeah. they want if they want head high hits out of the game, there's only one way to do it, and that's to start handing some harsh penalties down. Yeah. I mean, Marlon Pickett, another one with with a big bump on the weekend, Isaac Heaney. I'm happy to see him get suspended for a couple of weeks. But I also want to see Rowan get suspended, Ebert get suspended. You know, I want to see all of them cop fines. I mean, not not fines, suspensions. Yeah. If some of them are getting away with it and some aren't, then I want to see some answer, get some answers and ask why there's not cons- no consistency. Well, I'll read through a couple of names. Well, I'll read through all the, all the ones that got looked at over the weekend. I'll give you their name and you let me know what they should have gotten. All right, Dylan Shield. Two weeks is good. Yep. Yeah, me too. I completely agree. Ben Long. I reckon he should get four. Yep. I'm thinking three to four. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Ebert? At least one, I reckon. I think one. Yeah. yeah I think one. Yeah. Because he didn't cause too much. Again, it's outcome based. If you're going to go what they're saying, 
he didn't cause too much damage to the player. Yeah, so, no, exactly. Yeah. I think one though for sure. Gary, well, Gary Rowan's already been suspended, but what, what we obviously don't agree with it. Well, he got fined, I think. Yeah. Didn't oh, was he? it? Oh, it was a fine. I'm pretty yeah, sure it was okay, just a yeah, fine, yeah, from what right. I read, unless yeah. I've misread something. No, I think it was actually. No, you're right. It was just a fine. Yeah. Yeah. So he's well, probably the luckiest bloke. Going I around. think he should have two. Yeah. I saw that hit. He should have two. Yeah, yeah. So and he was two separate incidences with Gary Rowan. One was probably was fair enough for a fine, but this another one was definitely worth two weeks. Yeah. Marlon Pickett. One. Yeah, I think one. I'd, I'd be happy for none, but yeah, yeah. One. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think one max. But, but one, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was a it was it was a late hit. Um, yeah. he, he didn't mean to, but he got head high contact. I mean, but no one ever does mean to hit head high. So exactly, it's it's yeah, it's unfortunate, but yeah, definitely one. Yeah, I think the shield one is probably the worst of that lot. Yeah, Come on. yeah, probably. I mean, I saw people trying to compare the Dylan Shield hit to previous hits. I mean, someone compared it to a hit where Dylan Shield got cleaned up in the preliminary final two years ago. Shocking comparison. Which, for starters, I'll say, one, it was two and a half years ago. Get over it. Yeah. All right, it was a long time ago. Two, when Cochin hit Dylan Shield in the prelim final, he had his eyes completely on the footy, and Shield's head was completely fine. It was his shoulder that yeah. got dislocated or whatever it was back then. So yeah. completely different incidences. You've just got to watch the replays yeah. to know what you're on about. Completely so. different. Well, Shield goes past the ball and yeah. elects to bump. Exactly right. Yeah. Whereas when Cochin went for it, he actually grabbed the football as he made contacts yeah. and he's looking dead at the ball. So yeah. completely different. And like I said, it was two and a half years ago. I think we can move on from that. Shocking comparison. Whoever, whoever said that one just needs to have a good hard look at themselves. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll move on to the uh, next point. Uh, the... Luke McDonald, COVID sledge. How good was it? I love this. I loved it. And um, I heard that uh, Ray Shaw came and said that Luke McDonald rang Conor McKenna and apologised and all that. Disgusting. That's soft, isn't it? Oh, mate. We need some personality in this game. Exactly right. And you don't see it much anymore because they're so restricted and everyone gets in trouble for everything. I think if he came out and he, you know, he said something racist, homophobic, whatever, you know, that's... That's that's, that's one thing, but yeah. he made a slight jab at an incident that happened, and it wasn't even like Connor, you know, suffered from the sickness of the disease. The, you know, it was just like all media speculation. So I think it's all harmless fun. I I mean, I'd be surprised if Connor really took it to heart as well. You know, and even if he did, I think you know you can get over it. It's a little not bit. like Connor McKenna was on his deathbed, really struggling with it. It was asymptomatic. Yeah, you know, it's not like like yeah, he 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 copped a bit of good bit of flack for it in the media. But, you know, come on. I reckon it's just play on. It's all oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, for Luke Donald, Luke McDonald to apologise. Look, if he's done that off his own bat, you know, good luck to him. You yeah. know. But I think it's all a bit of harmless fun. And I think the game almost needs a bit of more of that sort of thing. For sure. I love it. You can look back to even when, you know, Sam Mitchell did the classic jab and yeah, yeah. the Essendon plays or yeah. Dustin Martin did the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the old snort and coke to Shane Mumford. I yeah. think it's just a bit of fun. You know, players like to have jabs at each other. Yeah. So I'm all for it. I love it. Um, yeah, and then again, we, I think we said this last week as well. There's no real team that's really standing out. It seems to be a really open premiership race, doesn't it? Oh, a team that's not even sitting in the top eight right now could come and win the flag. Yeah. Think about West Coast, GWS, just two teams I've mentioned. They're not in the top eight right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's it's honestly, uh, it's too hard to pick. A yeah. tip in a brown, uh, brown, a tip in a premiership winner now would be almost impossible. Yeah, it's yeah. Like uh, and a couple of weeks ago, we said you know Port Adelaide looked really really good. I mean, they still do, but, you know, they didn't look overly impressive on the weekend and then they, they did get get beat the week before. And then there's Brisbane who they seem to be, you know, just winning at home and not being able to win away. So it's it's hard to really get a gauge on who's going to take out the flag this year. It's all just really open. Oh, no. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's like, is it... Is the competition good or is just everyone just average? <laughs> <laughs> I that's, think that's everyone's question, a little bit it? average. Yeah. 
I, I'm not sure. It's hard to pick. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Um, but I think the next point is the the constant changes in rule interpretations. I think this is more your domain. You were you seem pretty pretty passionate about this one. Uh, I'm sick of I'm sick of the rules at the moment. I mean, Matthew Richardson came out and posted the other day. He said the same thing. Is there any other game in the world that has constant changes to the rule interpretations mm. like we do? Yeah. Four, four weeks ago, they were saying that no one was paying holding the ball. You know, it was too. You know, no one being rewarded for their tackles. Now a player grabs it within half a second, has been dropped to the ground, two 95-kilo men are on top of him. He gets pinned holding the ball because he didn't try to get rid of it. You try to get rid of it with two, you know, with someone yeah, like yeah. it. Now you're getting done holding the ball and you don't even have a chance to yeah. get rid of it. I think it's – that's just one of the examples, you know, the holding the ball rule has been the most prominent in the last couple of weeks because everyone's too scared to get the footy now. Yeah. No one wants to grab it because, you know, you get, and everyone's – tapping it on and punching it forward instead of grabbing it because I know if they grab it and they get tackled straight away, that's it, they're gone. Yeah. I think, I know the umpires have a tough job, but it's not, how is the holding the ball that hard of a rule to yeah. interpret, you know? It's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I think Clarko had a bit to do with that, didn't he, the other week when he came out and said it? Yeah, he came out and said no one's getting rewarded yeah. and then sure enough, they turned it around and everyone's getting rewarded for hardly doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, they just need to just, when they change the rules... Just keep them in place for a couple of seasons, two, three seasons. Oh, at least. Just let, like, otherwise the players and umpires are just going to get too confused over it and it's just going to, you know, show things like this. Oh, and no yeah. one knows what's going on. I mean, it's a different different rule, but only a couple of weeks ago, Eddie Betts got a 90-metre penalty against yeah. him for a new rule that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, exactly. How come, how are the players not hearing of these new rules and nor the commentators, the spectators, anyone? Just things like that. You can't be doing that yeah. mid-season. Yeah, no. It's hard enough to, you know, I know they're trying to expand the game overseas and teach you people about the game. If we don't even know what's going on, how are we supposed to tell anybody else? Exactly right. Yeah. As I said, they just need to just stick with it for a couple of seasons and just don't change it week by week because it's just, yeah, it's just confusing everyone and it's causing way too much controversy for mine. Well, it's the best game in the world. The worst thing to do is to leave it as is. Yeah, correct. It's unique for a reason. So just just leave it. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the games now. So it was, it was as we said, a, a really exciting round um, for the majority of it. And it all started back on, on Thursday night with Geelong and Brisbane at the SCG. It was pretty much a game of two halves. Like Brisbane were really good in the first half and then Geelong just dominated the second half. And it comes back to the point of, of Brisbane flat track bullies. Well, I mean, it does, I don't know if they can win away from the Gabba at the yeah. moment. They're, I'm not taking away from they're a good side, but yeah, they just don't... They don't seem as consistent for you know full four quarters what they do when they're at home at the Gabba. Yeah, that's but, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it looks like, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So it's yeah, but, but at, you know, by, I remember seeing this. There was a passage of play that Brisbane were playing, and they just looked elite. They were playing very very good footy in that in that first half, and after half time they just completely stopped. Just completely stopped, um, and then Geelong's best players got involved at Dangerfield. Ablett, who was questioned by the commentary in the second quarter, came out after halftime and just showed why he's the greatest player of all time. Oh, <laughs> which, mind you, we had to tear our feedback question the other week. A lot of people seem to think he's not the greatest player of all time. So They also of- need to have a good hard look at themselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, nah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're, they're, their best players came, came to the party and they ended up running away with a pretty comfortable win in the end. So I think that puts Geelong back up into the, uh, into the premiership um, race, I think. Oh, definitely. Geelong have had a couple of games that, you know, the people have questioned them. I mean, going back all the way to the Carlton game again, they lost to Carlton at home, which normally wouldn't happen. Yeah. Gold Coast last week gave them a good run in Geelong, which, you know, would normally never happen. So people were questioning them. I think this win over Brisbane was needed. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So we'll go to the votes in that game. I gave one vote to Tom Hawkins, two votes to Sam Simpson, who was very impressive and he's only played a handful of games, and three votes to Patrick Dangerfield, who's on the board for the first time this season with the pressure point voting. He might be making a late run. He is, he is. So uh, see how he goes. All right, we'll move on to Friday night. It was the game between Collingwood and Hawthorne at Giant Stadium. And, geez, this was a, a very one-sided game, wasn't it? Oh, unbelievably one-sided. Mm. I mean, Collingwood coming in with how many players not not in and yeah. not even you know top-end players not playing as well. You'd think Hawthorne, especially the way they've been playing lately, would have made a good... Made it a good contest, but they ended up finishing the game with their lowest score since 1975. Ridiculous, wasn't it? Absolutely <laughs> crazy stuff. Uh, they just looked... Oh, it, it, Sloppy. They looked, they looked so poor, Hawthorne. Like, yeah. really bad. Really bad. Um, you can just imagine Clarko being filthy with that, too. Oh, uh, that would have copped a spray after yeah. the game, for sure. It'll be a tough week down at uh, Waverley Park. Yeah, for sure. Well, no, not Waverley Park. Where are they? Oh, yeah. Sydney? Geez, they're in Sydney. <laughs> Yeah, geez, the season still yeah. Hard to get used to. I'm isn't still it? not used to it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, and then yeah, Collingwood were just equally as impressive. Adam Trelaw was back. He, what did he get? Thirty five touches. Thirty five touches in a short game. That's incredible. Yeah, he's really you know yeah, yeah. announced that he's back in a big way. Yeah, um, and then yeah, Will Kelly was good on debut, kicked his first goal, then finished the game with a terrible elbow injury, which looked disgusting. Oh, it was. It looked like it was falling off. Yeah, it was. It was bad. It was. Yeah, it was very. Um, very sour for him to uh, finish the game like that because I thought he had a really good debut. Especially with his first kick as well as his first goal. Yeah. So, you know, nothing better. Yeah. And then, if, yeah. He's a good size too. He looks like he'll be a, a good, really good player for the Pies. Oh, definitely. Um, but we'll go to the votes. So we have one vote to James Sicily, two votes to Brody, Brody Majacek, and three votes to Adam Trelaw. All right. So the game on the Saturday, which was between Frio and St Kilda, Ken, the Saints at quarter time looked elite. And then they got embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed after that, and Frio just went all, went all over them. Oh, it was it was shocking to see. I couldn't believe it. I thought the Saints off to a fly out. They've been good all year for the most part, um, and Frio, you know, obviously haven't been that flash. And I thought here we go another another blowout, and then yeah, it's just like Saints hit the brakes and Frio hit the pedal, and they just took off. It did, it did, and there's um, a lot of. Very frustrated Saints supporters after that as well. Uh, we've actually got one uh, on the line who wants to uh, give us a, a fair spray about the Saints. Hello. Richard, how are hey, you, mate? Boys. I'm going all right. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. I'm actually a little bit nervous. You're, a bit, you're the debut guest. There's a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, I woke up this morning and I thought, I'm going to be a part of something pretty special today. Um, but it's unfortunate in the circumstances that I'm being a part of this podcast, really. It is unfortunate circumstances. Um, the Saints, an absolute uh, emotional roller coaster of a club, aren't they? Talk us through, uh, uh, talk us through your emotions from Saturday. <laughs> They've been an emotional roller coaster for 130 years, mate. Um, look, it's just... <laughs> It's typical Saints, isn't it? The way we played on the weekend, really. <laughs> well, we, what what we, happened we, after we quarter built, time? What happened, mate? They, they went to sleep. We 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 just had this great habit of building up just genuine hope and just giving the fans everything that they think they ever wanted, and then five minutes later, you just you're actually thinking, "How do I barrack this team?" Hmm. Gee, that, that's that's strong. That is strong. It's, you just, and Saints supporters are all suckers for it, you know, because we see all of this, 
the hope that gets created and, and we fall for it every single time. I think we need to just manage our own expectations, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but that, look, that first quarter, we looked like the premiership favourite. I did, I did see a quote from one of our other mates saying that you said that the Saints were officially elite. I actually sent multiple text messages after that first quarter. I said to someone, I said, I said to two different people, Saints are officially elite. <laughs> and, and 45 minutes later, I had thrown my scarf in the bin and I was walking out front door. <laughs> Oh, God, that's good. That is good. But they were, to be fair, though, that first quarter was very impressive. It was good. We, we were on, like, Butler kicked us a, a nice goal. I actually had, was in the car listening to most of the first quarter. I was racing home. I'm like thinking, we're on for a massive win today. I'm like, we've got Freo. They've been on, they've been uh, in uh, their quarantine, whatever they're doing in Gold Coast for five straight weeks. And the Saints are fresh. We've had an 11 day break. <laughs> and we served up the best first quarter of the year uh, and then served up the worst second quarter of all time. Yeah, it, it was alarming, very alarming, as I said to you the other day. I think, um, you know, Freo aren't, aren't, that, aren't that great at all, and you made them look very good. I just hate how it brings all the question marks back on the Saints now. Yeah, like, it does. We've come into, we've got the six-week lockdown happening. I'm thinking all I want to do every week is sit down and watch the Saints win every week. <laughs> and now I'm just, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be happening. I actually get this. I've, I've tipped the Crows next week. No, you haven't. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you have not. Uh, and I don't know if you or Quinn have, have, are going to go Saints next week. I hope you do, but I don't, I've lost faith. We're at Adelaide Oval. They'll have a crowd. I'm scared. You, you've okay. You've come off some. You've come off two good wins against Richmond and Carlton, and now you've you, you're not tipping them against Adelaide. And and then we're going to lose because only the Saints could then lose to the bottom two sides. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's great. It's sour, it's sour, but like, you know, you, you got things like Dan Hanabry, like, fix your hamstrings. <laughs> Play yeah. more than six games in a row, please. It was always a big risk getting him, though, wasn't it? It was, but we've. We, can't we just have a little bit of luck? Yeah. I know, especially, uh, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. It's just, yeah. As a blues man, you know what I'm talking about. I know, about. I, exactly. That's why, that's why I feel I feel everything you're saying right now because it's, you know... Well, right now I'm very excited with Carlton, but next week we could, we could lose by I'm telling you 15 right goals. Now, from a man who's been in your position, it's all good. It all, feels all good right now, Marcus, but I need you to lower those actions. <laughs> 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 oh, I know, I know. Who are you? Who are the blues got next week? We've got Port Adelaide, actually. Oh, just drop them. I <laughs> 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 uh, called you up for a St Kilda, uh, St Kilda report, not a Carlton report. Thanks, mate. So just. What do you, uh, what do you reckon, Queen? Is that fair? Is that a fair assessment? Oh look, yeah, I reckon so. I reckon so. Porter in pretty fine form at the moment, so. Oh, I don't expect the Blues to win that, but. Um, no, that's good. As long as you don't. As long as you don't. But if we're if we're playing Adelaide, I'd probably tip us though, unlike you. Uh, I, 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 the way I see it is if, if we win now I'll be happy I'm, I might be fussed about losing the tip but if I get the tip at least it's a little a little solace you know from a shocking week maybe I'll chug 100 I might even chug 100 on the crows <laughs> <laughs> oh god alright it's getting outrageous now <laughs> Uh, well, that, that is exactly what we're after here on the podcast, aren't we Quinn? That's this, exactly this sort right. of passion. we want that raw emotion it's good no, I love it Richard. Well, 
if but, we if we can if we can get to the end of the year and we've won more games than we've lost, I think I'll be that, that's where we're at. I think. I think you should still there, play finals. I'll, I'll cop that. If we can finish eighth, I'll cop it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Rich. It's been uh, much appreciated, and you've given us everything we've asked for, and, uh, and more, and, and more. more. Call me when the Saints win next time. We, if St Kilda lose to Adelaide next week, and I'll tell you how good Dan Annabry is. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, Richo. <laughs> See ya, boys. Thanks, Richo. Thanks, See ya. Bye. All right. Thanks for that, Richo. I love your work, mate. Um, so we'll go to the votes for the game. Uh, we'll go one vote to Rory Lobb two votes to Andrew Brayshaw, and three votes to Michael Walters. All right, so the other game on the Saturday was between West Coast and Adelaide at the Gabba. Ugh, another boring performance from the Crows, wasn't it? Oh, they're just... I have to really push myself to watch these games. They're, they're, <laughs> they're just unexciting, aren't they? Yeah. it's uh, yeah. It, they've really played West Coast into form there, haven't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, especially West Coast about to fly back home. They wanted to win... Um, you know, up, up up north, so it was good for them to get it. But, yeah, Adelaide just didn't really give them much of a contest. Yeah, I think the only good thing coming out from Adelaide was the performance from Riley O'Brien and, and getting a new phone from Nick Nat as well. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Riley O'Brien had to have a good performance. He had he, to. Yeah. He had to back that up. I, I don't know, do you reckon that was accidentally leaked? How does a phone I, I, break I, yeah. and tweet by itself? I don't, I don't get that. Well, your phone just malfunctions and just goes to Twitter and just tweets his notes. Yeah. That's bizarre. And, well, and they were the only notes that came out. Yeah. I don't know. It seems a bit... I yeah. mean, I'd, I'd be more inclined to believe that a teammate tweeted him, you know. Yeah, exactly. Did it, did it to annoy him or something like that? Do you know, do you know why he apologised? Like, why did he need to apologise for that? I think he just wanted to defend himself and say that, like, he wasn't having a dig yeah. at Nick Nat. Because yeah. he didn't want to make it look like a personal attack, I feel. Yeah, but, okay. I mean, it's still, it was all harmless fun. What do you say? He called him unfit. Yeah, he called him lazy and unfit. Yeah, yeah I mean, in today's in today's times, you probably have to apologise for everything you do it's that's true. nuts. That is know, true. Straight Everyone's straight line, soft so. these days, aren't they? Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty comfortable win for the for the Eagles. Um, but we'll go to the votes. So we gave yeah, one vote to Riley O'Brien, who we thought was was really good against Nick Nat. Two votes to Brody Smith. And three votes to Tim Kelly, who's on the board for the first time as well this season. Our big man. Voting. Yeah, so... It's taken a while to, to reach some form in his new club. Um, we'll move on to the Saturday night game. So this was between Melbourne and the Gold Coast. Pretty entertaining game, this one. Um, I mean, the Ds, it was yeah very close for most of the game. The Ds were able to pull away late. Um, but this, I think the story from this game is the debut from Isaac Rankin. Oh, oh my God. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, he's going to be some serious player, isn't he? That man is an absolute talent. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And I think he's, um, you know, Matt Real goes out, Isaiah Rankin comes in and he's just, all right, well, different players, but having very similar impacts. Oh, I'm disappointed yeah. we're not going to see, well, haven't seen them together. Yeah, I know. I mean, he was just phenomenal. He yeah. looked like he'd been playing for a long time in the league. Yeah, he, um, he looked incredible. His three goals that he kicked were crazy especially his first one. Oh, and he could have had four or five he missed yeah. a couple of shots as well yeah he looks very exciting and um it's showing that 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 2018 draft is going to be one of those super drafts i think when we look back in 10 years time been a lot of talent out of there um but another good thing from that night from a melbourne point of view was harley bennell kicking his first goal right on the on the final siren as well oh, that was huge wasn't it yeah. it was it was good it's so good to see for him you could see how relieved he looked yeah. after he kicked it but it was that's a good. That's a good footy story there. Um, For we, sure, we love a good footy story yeah. here in the Pressure Point podcast. Oh, but we that love was, him. But that was really nice to see. Yeah, and they they flocked him, so it was um 
yeah, and you could see the emotion come out of his eyes as well. It was, it was really good to see, and um, a big win for Melbourne as well. They they definitely needed that because if they lost that, they would have, uh, geez, the blowtorch would have come onto them oh, during the week. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'll just say though, it was funny to see, you know, the team flocked him after he kicked his first goal for the D's, and then. They all stood a few feet apart while they were singing the song at the oh, end of the game because I'm sure it makes a big difference. It's baffling. I, I don't, don't, don't. Yeah, we won't start you. We won't start you. But we'll move on to the votes for that game. Um, we gave one vote to Isaac Rankin, two votes to Max Gorn, and three votes to Christian Petrarca, who's having a very, very good season. Uh, all right. So the other game on the Saturday night, it was Essendon and North Melbourne at Metricon Stadium. Jeez, Essendon. I think they could be the best team of 2020. What do you reckon? Oh, I hate to say it, but honestly, they, you know what, they've what they've won four out of their five games and it's still a game they haven't played and that's only against Melbourne who aren't really, you know, showing much of a contest. So, yeah, I hate to say it, but I think they are at the moment. They're just in form. They're sitting fourth with a game in hand. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. So, oh, yeah, I mean, unless um, they start dropping off, I think if they continue this way, they're definitely going to be premiership contenders. I'm sure you'd love to see it, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think of a few things I'd like to see. Speaking of Dylan Chill out for two weeks, um, <laughs> but uh, they were um, pretty inaccurate early. Yes, and then they, I think they kicked eleven points before the half was done, and then after that they only kicked two more points, and then the rest were goals. So they really cleaned up after half time and got a solid win. They did. I think North were very bad, which helped Essendon a lot. Um, I think if Essendon were playing a better team, they could have got they could have lost that game with their inaccuracy and and, yeah. um, and all that sort of stuff. So I think, yeah, North North have got a few issues. Not sure what's happened to them after round two, though. As yeah, as we, we say this every week, they, they looked really good early and then they've, they've lost four in a row now. Yeah, well, they've, a couple of those ones, like, I mean, the Essendon one, they only lost by, what, two, I think it was 14 points. Yeah. Um, they lost to Sydney by a couple of points, Hawthorne by a couple of points, but all those games, they were poor. I mean, they had late run against Hawthorne. Sydney's not that great of a side and they still lost to them. And then the same as Essendon. Essendon didn't play super well and North, you know, got close. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's yeah, going on in North. That's weird. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, they, they, like the scoreboard shows that they were close, but I don't think they played that. It doesn't reflect the way they played. No, not no. at all. Not at all. I was about to say there's some problems at Arden Street, but they're not at Arden Street they're anymore. Not there. They're in, Where are they? They're in Gold Queensland. Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so the votes for that game, we gave one vote to David Zaharakis, two votes to Todd Goldstein, and three votes to Andrew McGrath. Big Goldie is flying in our voting, by the way. He's having a great yeah, season. Great season. He's um, a shining light for, for the Kangas. Um, all right, so Sunday we had Port Adelaide and GWS, which we predicted to be the match of the round. And, I mean, it was close, but it was so low scoring and so oh. defensive. Yeah, it was it was hard to watch. It was like you said, it was a close game, and that was probably it. Yeah, that's probably it. And yeah. Port was impressive later in the game, but apart from that, there wasn't a whole lot to. Yeah, how long this? There wasn't really like Kane Farrell, who I don't think many people would have heard of, um, was very very good for Port Adelaide, playing only I think it's his twelfth game, something like that. He was really good. Um, it's probably the best player on the ground, um, and then you know I think. That's for all, really. And then there was the usual suspect for the suspects for the Giants, um, like Nick Haynes and Lockie Whitfield, who who played pretty well. But yeah, the game the game was just too defensive for mm. mine. It was, um, yeah, it seems to be a bit of a trend, isn't it, with like the the teams at the top of the ladder just playing a bit like that. Yeah, they ju- I feel like they just try and stop the other team from scoring rather than yeah. attacking themselves, which. 
I don't think it's great football to watch. And then, I mean, that seemed to be a trend of Sunday night games as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I know it, it on paper, that game looked amazing, but it just didn't, didn't live up to it. And, but yeah, I'm saying that Porter, Porter back on top and they're looking, you know, quite good. And I think they're, they're definitely going to finish in the top four, I think. Oh, looking yeah. like it, hundred percent. I mean, it was good to see them get a win against well, a team that's you know. I mean, they're not sitting in the top eight at the moment, but they're looking like a strong side. So yep. it was good to see them get a win. Yeah, uh, our votes for the game. So we gave one vote to Nick Haynes, two votes to Lockie Whitfield, and three votes to Kane Farrell. All right, so the Richmond game, <laughs> Richmond versus Sydney at the Gabba. Ugly, ugly, ugly football that was. I'll, I'll let you take the floor. Yeah, for this I'll one. take. I'll take the. I'll take the reins. It was an ugly game of football to watch, as you said three times. Um, it was just boring. I mean, I'll, this game started. It looked like Richmond were going to be off to a fly. Kicked three goals in the first what ten minutes. I think it might have been um, playing that sort of pressure football that Richmond is so famously known for. It looked exciting, and then that was it. And then Sydney kicked a goal, so you know, four goals in the first quarter, especially this year, isn't too bad. Of a, you know, the game, and then from then on, it was just. Awful. I mean, no one was scoring. Sydney flooded the back line. As Damien Hardwick said, they had about 75,000 people down back. I mean, Richmond were trying to play attacking footy, but it didn't matter what we did. They had too many blokes down there to, you know, amount any sort of score. And I mean, it showed because Sydney Sydney recorded their lowest score since 1988. So it just goes to show how, you know, little they were worrying about attacking. Um, but no, it's still good. I mean, Richmond, you know, undermanned, obviously, with a few big um, big names not playing. Still managed to pinch a win out there. And some bad news for the Swans is Isaac Heaney's out for the season. And Kennedy is out for six. Huge. So six Huge. weeks, not six seasons. Yes, six <laughs> weeks. Yeah, which is just almost the whole season, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah. about. Um, yeah, they're, they're huge losses for Sydney. Um, but yeah, I think... The good thing about Richmond is that they, if you can pinch wins like this with all those players out, and you just showed what you did last year when all your players came back in. You know you're you're unstoppable. So, leave you can doesn't matter how you win it. If you can win games with all those players yeah. out, just just get the job done. Oh look for us. I mean, in my eyes, exactly. A win's a win. It was ugly football. I didn't really enjoy watching the game until the yeah. final siren went. But arguably the worst game of the season. Oh yeah, probably yeah. is the worst game of the season. I have to say. It's, not the first game, and was it Richmond Collingwood round two was probably just as bad. So yeah. bit of a trend with the Tigers, isn't it? Yeah, we're not we're not before we're not producing some great football at the moment. Yeah. Well, we tried to against the Swans, but they made it hard. So yeah, what, what did you think of the? Um, I don't know if you saw the first goal of the game. The Jack Rewalt got oh, a, got a terrible. free kick. Oh. Terrible, wasn't it? I mean, I'm happy to take it as a Richmond supporter, but that was bad. That was really bad, it? really bad. Like it, the rule is, if you're under pressure, you can take it out of the line. Jack Rewalt. Was probably half an inch from touching him. How yeah. much closer does he have to? Was he have to kiss him before oh, it counts? It's ridiculous, isn't it? And then that's another. That's another another thing with the with the rules and stuff. It's just inconsistent like that. I feel like too. I mean, it's hard to change them all now, but too many of our rules are interpretation based rather than yep. like fact. Like you know, I mean, if you kick a goal and it's touched off someone's hand, that's not an interpretation. It hit his hand. Yeah. Whereas this one here, oh, I didn't think he was under pressure. It's all the umpire's opinion. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I think that's... I mean, there's so many of our rules are like that, so it's already hard, but uh, yeah, it's you really start to notice it with decisions like that. Yeah. All right, so the votes for the game. We gave one vote to, to Nathan Broad, two votes to Jake Jake Lloyd, and three votes to Jaden Short. All right, so... Oh, here we, I'll step out <laughs> of this one. So I'll let you take it. Save the best game till last. Um, it was Carlton and the Bulldogs at Metricon Stadium and 
not I'm not I'm not being biased here, but the Blues were very good. They were very good, very impressive. Four quarter performance. Um, just yeah, right from the first minute they were all over the dogs. Just ferocious pressure, ferocious tackling. Um, they were just first to the ball. They, you know, the Bulldogs love to use the footy. Like they're very slick with their ball movement, and and the Blues just were on them. They didn't allow them to do that. So it was really impressive. Um, and they did it without Cripps having an influence. And Cripps hurt his shoulder early and yeah. continued to play the game. He only ended up with 13 touches. Um, but Cripps this this season has been you know not at his best, and Carlton's playing better. So it just shows that we don't we don't really rely on Cripps too much anymore, which is which is really good to see. Well, he's sharing the load now, isn't he? Definitely. Um, and even Sam Doherty was was pretty quiet this week too. So uh, you know, two best players out of the game pretty much, and and we're still able to get a really really good win. Um, good win. Good. V- Good win. I'm that, I'm that excited. I can't even talk about it. Um, yeah, so it was really... And to win by 50 points in a, in a short game and score over 100 points um, was really, really good. Really good to see. And I know um, me, a lot of Carlton supporters are uh, super excited after that. It's... Yeah. You just feel like that, that, that sort of win has turned the corner for the club a little bit. Um, like we're not just... You know, you could have, you could have made a case for that... Those Geelong and Essendon wins has you know you only won by a couple of points. Could have easily gone the other way, but I think that form stacks up now. Oh, after definitely. last night's game. To to beat a team like the Dogs who aren't a bad side at all, um, yeah. and you beat them by over fifty points, that's huge. Yeah, that that's huge, and it, that really should be a turning point for the club. If they, if the players don't look at that and get some sort of confidence coming out of that game, then I don't know what's going to give them confidence. So I really do think I agree with you. I reckon that'll hundred percent be a turning point. Do you think Carlton can play finals? I think they can. Yeah, I just don't know if they will. I mean, like you going back to those Essendon and Geelong games, exceptionally well, you played both those games. But, you know, then you had a game like you had against St Kilda. It's consistency, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If Carlton play like the way they played, you know, against Geelong, Essendon and Bulldogs last night, yeah, 100% you guys can play finals, definitely. And, you know, you can play, you can hurt some good sides, but it's just all up to consistency for the the Blues at the moment. Yeah, for sure. And it was good to see the the forward line was functioning really well with Harry McKay having his best game for the season, Um, Levi Casbolt continuing his great form this season, Um, and even Mitch McGovern chipped in too. So it was was really good to see. Everything sort of worked. Um, Eddie Beth kicked four goals. Jeez, he's a star. He's an... The people (laughs) that questioned why we got Eddie Betts again, need to take a good hard look at themselves. Because, mate, he's the impact that he can have on a footy team is incredible. Um, not just his on-field stuff, but his leadership off the field as well. It's it's good to see. Oh, um, definitely. And, I mean, speaking of having an impact on footy clubs, he's still having an impact on Adelaide's payroll. He moment, is, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Leading goal kicker on Adelaide's payroll. Thanks a lot, Adelaide. Uh, done well there. But I just want to, do want to mention, so three players, Jack Martin, Mark Pitnett and Eddie Betts. Those three players have made a massive difference to Carlton's team this season and Carlton got them for absolutely nothing. Jack Martin came for free in the pre-season draft. Um, we gave Hawthorne a packet of chips for Mark Pitnett and Eddie Betts is still getting paid by Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> You've done pretty well. It's unbelievable. You? So amazing recruiting by Carlton there. And um, you know, I know it's only round six, but... Showing really good signs this season. Oh. So apart from that round two game against Melbourne, where I absolutely blasted them, apart from that, we've been we've been pretty pretty solid. Well, I think they heard you in that after that round two round they because must have. they've played well ever since. They must have. But I think the biggest surprise pack out of those three players you just mentioned would have to be Pitnett. Oh, I mean Eddie Betts. Everyone knows what he can do. People doubted him, but 
It's Eddie yeah, Betts. But everyone, cause, yeah, because of his age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's in the day, still Eddie Betts. And then Jack Martin, you guys got him for nothing, but oh, he was I good at the Jack Gold Martin. Coast. But Pitnet, I mean, everyone probably just expected Cruiser to, you know, to, to, to play and Pitnet yep. to just sort of back him if they needed. But, I mean, I'm, I don't know how, but no one predicted Cruiser injuring himself again. Um, <laughs> surely that was just, you know, a given. But, yeah, no, Pitnet's really come in and just stepped yeah. up big time. Yeah, it's it's yeah, he's been incredible. Um so yeah, the Blues have done really well there, and I think Jack Martin's going to be leading the best and fairest at the moment too. So he's had having a ripping season. Um, but the votes for that game, so yeah, gave one vote to Eddie Betts, two votes to Will Setterfield, who, who's starting to play some good footy now, and three votes to Jack Martin, um, who is also flying on our pressure point voting as well. So that is the games from the round. That was uh, it was good. It was a lot to talk about. It was a great round. Very exciting. Oh, plenty. I'm loving it. I'm loving the yeah. footy at the moment, despite some of the poor performances. Some teams addition. It's just, I think I'm just appreciating having football back now, considering yeah. we didn't have it for so long. Yeah, uh, it's it's really good, and it's, um, I think yeah, we, it's round six or well, round seven next week. I think teams have had enough time to sort of adjust to you know new game styles and new players and all that. So we're starting to see um, some teams really hitting their straps. So it's exciting. Um, but we'll move on to our. Uh, our new segment that we debuted last week. It's uh, Spot On A Way Off. It was a bit of a hit, wasn't it? It was. We had a lot of good feedback for it, so um, all you guys seem to love it. So we'll, we'll continue with it. Um, but I'll kick us off for, t- for today's one. Players that elect to bump and connect with the head should get an automatic four-week suspension. Spot on. Spot on. I, I, I just personally think if they're trying to rub it out of the game... You can't go on um, results based like what happened to the play they hit. You have to just go, no, nah, he's gone for the head. See you later. So, yeah, spot on. Yeah. 100%. All right, we'll go with uh, my first one. The AFL needs to stop changing slash trying to fix the interpretation of rules mid-season. Spot on. Massive spot on for me. Um, yeah, as I said, if they're going to change it again, just let them be for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Just so everyone can adjust to it and just avoid all the confusion. So, yeah, spot on for mine. Isaac Rankin will be the best player from the 2018 Super Draft. I'm going to, well, I mean, from what he, from the way he played, yes, yeah, spot on. Mm. I mean, our, our, our big man, Matt Rowell's out for, well, how long is he out for now? Uh, I think Isaac, yeah, definitely. Well, no. Oh, di- the different drafts, different aren't drafts. They? Sorry, so, different drafts. But for the 2018 draft, yes, yeah, spot on. About draft, I'll just quickly. So Sam Walsh was number one. Uh, Jack Lacocious two. Rankin three. Max King potentially four. I think Max King was yeah. four. Yeah, and then you got Max King, Ben King. You got Bailey Con- Smith Connor, at Connor, seven. Bailey Smith, Connor Rosie. Okay, it's a fair a... draft. Yeah. Oh, just based on purely on that one. I mean, he's only had one performance, but based on that. Yeah, it's a small sample game, size. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon almost spot on. Yeah. All right, and the last one. Sydney's game style on the weekend is more likely to put someone to sleep than chloroform. <laughs> Spot on. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> nah, Sid- Sydney, uh, just, they're just known for this defensive, boring style of footy. They've never really been an attractive team to watch. Oh, it was shocking. And I yeah. can't believe John Longmire trying to claim that he, someone said it in the press conference and he goes, no, no, we just had our back six down there. But if you have a look at the heat map of the game... The whole game was yeah. just one half of the ground was flooded with Sydney players. So, I mean, that speaks for itself. You can't, the GPS tracking doesn't lie, Mr. Horse Longmark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up uh, our debate for the week. Um, and that wraps up our, 
our episode as well. It's been very good. We've had a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, please leave us a review. We, we did notice a few reviews come in over the week and um, great, they're greatly appreciated. So keep them coming in. Um, yeah, we love your feedback and, and yeah, make it as honest as possible. We, um, yeah, we're loving all the suggestions coming through and we'll try to add them uh, to each episode as we go. Um, and also check us out on YouTube as well. So if you uh, prefer to watch them, check us out on that. Um, it can be found just at, at Pressure Point Podcast. Um, and other than that, that is, that is us done. Another big episode. Yeah, that's it. Another big episode. So tune in for in a couple of days' time for our big preview of round seven and um, have a good week. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs>